Hello friends and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode number 43, Disney on the Cheap. My name is Pete and joining me tonight is Matt. What's up everybody? And Tom. Hey, how are you Pete? We're three guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. So what's going on tonight, guys? Anything exciting? Yeah, um, I just got back from trivia, and we finished in third place. I don't have anything good to say about that, Matt. Well, it's the first time Should've we finished won. in the top three in a while, so it was nice. I bet it was a Disney trivia, was it? If it was Disney trivia, it would have been first place, guaranteed. Hmm, bold, bold statement. Especially there. if I was playing against YouTube bozos. That was a bold statement. Well, tonight we're going to talk about how to do Disney on the cheap. We've kind of alluded to this in several of our episodes We've talked about the Men Do Disney trip in which we tried to do Disney on the cheap, but we're going to kind of walk through the entire process tonight. Before we get into that, let's go, as always, to Tom with the news. Tom, not a whole lot of news this week, huh? No. Uh, slow week. As you can imagine, decent amount of stuff coming out of Epcot. One Hollywood Studios piece of news, and that's kind of where you would have thought it would have been centrally focused with, with everything going on in Toy Story Land two weeks away here. But uh, we will start uh, with Epcot. Guardians of the Galaxy Awesome Mix Live is now performing at Epcot. First, before I even dive into what the show is, I have watched it. It's awesome. Uh, so essentially, it's a daily show played at the America Gardens Theater, uh, which is at the back of the Epcot's World Showcase. Uh, and the show features Star-Lord and Gamora in person as a seven-piece alien band plays many recognizable tunes from Awesome Mix Volumes 1 and 2. Uh, there are multiple opportunities to see the show throughout the day. Uh, the show times right now are 1.30 p.m., 2.30 p.m., 5.30 p.m., 6.45 p.m., and 8 p.m. I will warn you, I've heard there's quite a line. Now, it is a big theater, uh, but if you do care to be really close to the stage or or, um, or, or really far from the stage, you know, just kind of get there early so you can choose your seat. Uh, the show will be playing a limited engagement through the end of summer, uh, and then it will officially come to a close on August 19th, so... It's it's a, a nice taste of Guardians of the Galaxy, and, and obviously, you know, Epcot's going to have a roller coaster here soon. Soon's a relative term, I guess, there. But um, I don't know. The show's really good. The the performers, at least in the videos I've watched, are really talented, uh, and they get everyone kind of moving, and, and they incorporate the crowd. Has anyone else had a chance to watch it? I haven't watched it yet, but for some reason I thought that this was outside, but it, it is in a theater. Yeah, it's in the theater. I mean, it's an outdoor theater. Okay, okay, but it but but it is limited seating. It's not yeah. like the dance party at uh, yeah yeah at tomorrow exactly night. yeah exactly yeah it's that theater over there where they do um I can't remember the American group that usually sings in that little theater. It's right there on the water, but yeah, I mean they they do like a full you know full five six songs. I mean it's it's pretty neat. Um, also, staying at Epcot, it looks like they have changed their Fast Pass Plus tier system. Uh, touch this week uh, again, starting this week, Epcot will be making some minor changes. Uh, looks like they're moving the Mickey and Friends character spot attraction into Tier 1 <laughs> alongside Mission Space, Test Track, Illuminations, and Soaring Around the World. This change is expected to remain through the summer. It must must be popular going to see Mickey right yeah, now. Yeah, I mean, that's got to be it. I, I don't, you know, you name some of those rides and you could probably argue that Mission Space could be taken out of Tier 1. I guess Mickey and Friends character spot has been, uh, has been packed. <laughs> Staying at Epcot, but moving down through the World Showcase over to Canada, there's a limited time musical act that's coming to Canada for the summer, beginning June 13th. 
the Canada Pavilion will welcome new entertainment, the Blueberry Grass Band to the Pavilion's mill stage for limited engagement that will run for just a few weeks. It'll be June 13th to August 26th. The Bluegrass Band is an accomplished group from Quebec who transformed French and English Canadian hits into their own festive sound. Uh, they have showtimes being offered, uh, and again, this is more of like your walk-up viewing, 215, 5, 6.15, 7.30. Performances are Wednesday through Sunday with those showtimes. Changing up some of the entertainment at Epcot, it looks like, throughout the World Showcase, and then obviously uh, altering Mickey and Friends character spot to a tier one. I've heard good things about this Canada band, too. Yeah, and I haven't had a chance to watch uh, them, because obviously they would have just started here recently. I mean, I, I've never had a, I guess I've never been in love with the entertainment around there, but I've always stopped to watch at least for a minute, except in Japan, the drums. I love the drums. I mean, you get to Japan and the drums are playing. You get you get sucked yep. in and you get trapped. You have to finish it. Mm-hmm. The drums are pretty mesmerizing for some reason. Moving over. As is the belly dancing in Morocco. Okay. We keep it PG. Although the belly dancer does not keep it PG, I will warn you. <laughs> yeah, don't take your wives. Don't get upset. Wives, with you. kids, keep the belly dancer. Just skip, just skip over. Morocco's got some good things to offer. It's a great, great pavilion to walk through. As a matter of fact, it, it's arguably the best one to walk through, uh, aside from the belly dancer who is uh, constantly on Pete's mind. Little intense. Little intense. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Uh, this piece of news that I'm going to share is in Hollywood Studios. This was passed uh, to us by probably our most loyal listener. And no, Tim, it was not you. <laughs> So, send us the news. Till I promised them we would put it in this episode, so here it goes. When Walt Disney World visitors go to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge next year, they will be able to visit the village of Black Spire Outpost via Disney Hollywood Studios theme park, of course. Uh, it looks like this latest incremental news about the under-construction land. Uh, it looks like this news came from a uh, like one of the Galactic Nights, an after-hour extra ticket, uh, hard event, hard ticket event, rather held in Hollywood Studios. Uh, fans have already been told that the Galaxy's Edge planet was going to be Batu, and Black Spire will be the largest settlement on that planet. Again, I mean, this is good news to hear. Again, Star Wars uh, era will be opening late fall of 2019. It's exciting. I, I suspect we're going to have little pieces of news like this continue to, uh, you know, come to the... Come, come to, uh, come Trickle to down. The, you trickle down, come into the fold, and we'll we'll always be ready to discuss them with you. Our last bit of news is uh, just some general news. It's uh, some some blackout dates lifted for specific pass holders for the month of June. Uh, Disney announced earlier this week that both silver and weekday select pass holders have had their blockout dates lifted for all four theme parks from today through June 29th. Uh, so by the time this podcast uh, releases, uh, there will be Obviously, a few days left. Uh, this is kind of an unexpected surprise. May help some guests get back into the parks who wouldn't have normally had the opportunity. I'm kind of surprised that they're doing this because the parks seem to be really busy. I would have much more expected them to lift the uh, lift the blockout date just for Hollywood Studios. <laughs> well, I think this is their way to, A, get some more people in before Toy Story Land opens, and B, to say, hey, we're sorry that we're not giving you access, you know, pre-access to Toy Story Land. Which is still ridiculous. Which is still ridiculous. But at least they did something, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's weird timing. As busy as everything is right now. But if you think about it, we're, we're not quite into the super, super, super busy time of the year yet. This is just kind of the, I mean, I know it's summer vacation and things are getting ramped up. But 
to me, the end of June, July, and then into August, August yep. are the really the busiest times of year. Yeah, all four weeks in July, and then first three weeks in August, and that that's really a good segue into what we're going to discuss here tonight uh, on um, you know doing Disney on the cheap. So I'll pass it back to you, Pete, as we transition over. All right. So without any further ado, yeah, what's this episode called tonight? It's called Disney on the Cheap. Okay, did you say that earlier? I did. Hmm. Your last couple of titles have been much better. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint. Sorry to disappoint. Anyway, before we get into that, let's pause for just a second to hear from our sponsor, Destinations with Character. This episode was brought to you by Destinations with Character Travel Agency, where quality service and client satisfaction are their top priority. Family time and memory making are so important, so trust the many dedicated and professional travel consultants at Destinations with Character to plan your dream vacation. They will provide you and your loved ones the most magical vacations possible, and they take great pride in meeting each client's needs, all while staying within budget and providing multiple options to make your vacation dreams a reality. With over 30 agents across the country, Destinations with Character Travel Agency has the resources to give each client dedicated one-on-one service. So experience their over 50 years of expertise at Disney parks, cruises, and travel as Destinations with Character Travel Agency takes the stress and hassle out of your vacation so you can enjoy it to the fullest. Simply give them a call to get started at 630-308-2350 and let the magic begin. Destinations with Character Travel Agency, making dream vacations come true every single day. You can reach them at their email account, D-E-S-T-W-I-T-H-C-H-A-R at Comcast.net or their website at www.destinationswithcharacter.com. Actually lacking the creative zest there. So, okay, my title wasn't great this episode. I had 30 seconds to come up with it. I'll do better next week, I promise. Appreciate that. I mean, you're, you're, you're always welcome to try. <laughs> I was going to say, Pete. Because, I mean, we're we're pushing 43 now, and I'm, I'm pretty sure 95% of them have been mine. Pete carries the torch uh, for for the uh, titles. I'll say when we started the podcast, uh, our first three or four episodes, we kind of pre-scripted what we were going to do. And those titles, we all kind of contributed. We were like, oh, man, we're crushing this. And now we've just kind of said, hey, Pete, let's start the podcast and go. <laughs> And five, four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's it's one of those things that I guess I didn't think about it when we started. Hey, it's going to be kind of difficult to come up with a new clever title every week. Well, it, it is. I'm going to tell you. So any title ideas, send them my way. Anything clever, Disney related, send it my way. I need some help. <laughs> so anyway, let's, let's get into this. Um, Disney on the cheap. I'm all about being cheap when I go to Disney World. Unless I'm with my wife, in which case, you know, you got to spend a little bit more money at that point. But this, the the audience for this podcast is going to be anyone who wants to do Disney on the cheap, be it you going with a bunch of your buddies, be it you going with a bunch of your kids, whatever. You going with your wife, you don't have a lot of money to spend. You're our audience here. This this isn't really going to be strictly limited to any one group of people. So let's let's just kind of go through this. And, the, and I think the first thing we need to talk about, the most important thing we need to talk about, because this automatically dictates what your cost is going to be right off the bat, is when you go. Yeah, and so when you go, Pete, I mean, Thomas just kind of hit on it. We have July and August coming up. That is when you should not go to Disney World. <laughs> I, yeah, think you need to, <laughs> I think you need to go during the off-season. When is the off-season, Pete? Tell everybody. So it's it's changing. It's changing a lot. You know, it used to be, January, February, March, and then September, October, November, 
other than around Thanksgiving, December, other than around Christmas and New Year's. That used to be the off-season. Now, those times of year have gotten a lot more crowded. Really true off-season for Disney now, I would say January, after the first week of January, most of February, other than you've got a couple marathons in there. March, you really start to get into spring break season, so maybe really early March. And then... September, October is pretty busy, so maybe the last part of October, beginning of November between Thanksgiving, and then the the time between Thanksgiving and Christmas, the park's pretty dead. Now, Christmas to New Year's is the most crowded time at the park, so you definitely want to try to avoid that. When you plan this vacation, you've got to plan around those dates. There's no, hey, my kids are off school these days, this is when we're going to go. You've got to plan around when Disney's off-season is. That's a good point, bringing up kids in school. Um, you know, we talk about it all the time, having the flexibility to go, uh, you know, at the drop of the drop of the hat. You have to be comfortable taking your kids out of school because when your kids are on their typical breaks that they get from school, so are, you know, 90, 90% of the other schools in the country. So to plan around that, you're, you're going at a, a crowded time uh, and something we would not consider the off season. So, uh, you know, Pete had a great point. I, I'll tell you one thing that, in regards to taking kids out of school, if you can get that week before Thanksgiving break starts or that week right after Thanksgiving break, not many parents are willing to take their kids out of school right after they came off of a break. We, we went the first week in December on my most recent trip, and the crowds were extremely light. Well, I've had, actually, I've had friends that have taken their children that first or second week when school starts because no parent wants to have their child not in school for the first couple of days. And, you know, yeah, maybe it puts your kids back a little bit. But, I mean, going back to our college days, you're just missing, like, the this is class. This is what your assignments are going to look like. So, I mean, that's another time. But I just think the biggest key is, you know, when is school in session? Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much what dictates Disney's off-season is when school is in session, it's off-season for the most part. I, I'm not going to pass judgment on whether you take your kids out of school or not. We've gone in the summer. We went at Christmas, but I did get taken out of school once. So, look, that's that's if you've got kids, that's the best way to do it. If you don't have kids, shoot for one of those weeks that we just talked about because you're you're really going to see a huge difference in not only ticket prices but also lodging and transportation, everything really. My my wife and I tend to try to travel around Christmas time, week before Christmas, because travel is just so much cheaper then. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point, and that's kind of how we selected our last Disney trip. And I look at some of the pricing that we've kicked around for Disney now. I look at the Mindu Disney trip. I look at the cost of the last trip we went on, and it, it's a significant increase in price if you don't go in these off times. Not only that, go sooner rather than later because costs are going to continue to rise. Every year, ticket prices go up, hotel prices go up. And then one of the things I'll, I'll touch on before we get done here, my wife's a teacher. So we kind of look at going to Disney, you know, during the summertime. We just did, you know, bare knuckles, you know, kind of Disney trip, trying to do exactly what this podcast is called, Disney on the Cheap. And you're still looking at $1,600, $1,700 for a five-day trip. That's not including airfare, how you get there, which I think we're about to talk about. Yeah, and I, I think it's really important to talk about how do you get there. Because this, this is kind of choice, but it's also kind of dictated based on where in the country you are. If you're within driving distance, by all means drive. You know, if you're four, five, six hours away, by all means drive. But again, 
like we've discussed in the past, you don't want to drive the day that you check into your Disney resort. So you don't want your first day that you are at Disney to be spent half of it driving. Or driving throughout the night and getting to Disney at 8 a.m. Like it might sound okay, but it's not. You don't want to you don't want to sleep in a car and go to Disney. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, this is going to add some extra expense, but you do want to take the time the day before to get there. You're going to have another hotel night in there. I think that's unavoidable. And I think, you know, to max, to really maximize your time in the park and, and to cut your ticket needs down to the bare minimum, you, you've really got to do this. This is, this is one thing that I think is, um, is underrated that we probably don't spend enough time on. But hearing, hearing what you're saying, and I know how we've done our trips, being in Orlando the day before, you know, half a day before your trip actually begins is a huge benefit. There's a lot of things to do that are free. You know, Disney Springs, for example, free parking in their garages there, free to walk around Disney Springs. You don't have to buy anything. You don't have to eat there. Uh, and it kind of gets you in that Disney mood. And then the next morning you wake up and, and you're che- say you're checking into your Disney hotel. You drive over at, at, at 6.45, 7 a.m. You do the check-in on the app and you just hop on the bus and go. Your magic band's ready to roll and you've got a full day in the park. And so Pete is, is absolutely right where he says, you, yeah, you may be paying for a hotel room, but you're saving that money because you're not paying for that extra day at the park. And I can I can talk to that just a little bit. I mean, talk about going to Disney Springs or even you just want to like start your Disney trip off with a monorail ride. You can go to Disney anywhere on property and take the bus around. Just end up where you started. Take an Uber so you can leave wherever. But you can actually go watch the fireworks from the monorail if you really want to. Well, you can do a lot of fun things. I, our last trip, I mean, and I know I've shared it when, and you can go back to the episode, Tom does Disney. Uh, we, we were in, uh, we were fortunate enough to be in Orlando a few days prior to the trip actually beginning. And we almost every evening, uh, you know, after, uh, you know, around dinner time, we would go to Disney Springs, eat dinner and just hop on a bus. First bus came, we're going to explore this resort. And it was around Christmas, you know, it's in December. So they have the Christmas decorations up and we went to Polynesian. We watched fireworks from the Polynesian we went through every resort. You know, there were some Disney souvenirs. We went ahead and bought, so that was kind of knocked out, and we don't have to spend time doing that in the park. So it was, it was great. Well, you take another step further. I mean, you talk about doing Disney on the cheap. That's one. This is one definite way to do it, like we're talking about. But go check out resorts you've never been to. I mean, you can go do that. You can just walk around, see. Hey, you know, I don't really like how this resort's laid out. You can do a little research for your next trip before you even start this trip. There are free things to do. You know, explore the resorts, ride the Bonnaroo, go to Disney Springs. That's that's definitely a huge part of doing Disney on the cheap because anything you're doing for free, you're, obviously you're not spending money. Obviously, that's the cheap way to do it. So getting back to how you get down there. So we've, we've got driving. Obviously, that's an option if you're close. If you're far away and you've got to fly, it's going to be a little bit more expensive, especially if you're buying flights for multiple people. I will say that... There, most major cities do have cheap flights to the Orlando area, but a lot of these cheap flights are on you know, the, the budget airlines. So you're not going to get to pick your seat. You're not going to be able to check a bag. You're not going to be able to sit together. So major, major uh, downsides to buying these cheap flights. But again, if it gets you a flight down there for 120 bucks, unless you've got very small children, 
Do you really need to sit together? Do you really need to check a bag? Well, I can tell you right now, my wife would enjoy not having to sit with me on the airplane because I'm one of those fidgety people. I got to be entertained the entire time. She would she would view that as relaxation. So don't let that sitting apart mess with you. But not only that, you can mail your bags to yourself at your hotel or resort so that they get there the day before you do. And you don't have to worry about carrying on a bag. You don't have to worry about checking a bag. And guess what? UPS, FedEx, they're not going to lose your bag. I would say there's a 99.9% chance your bag makes it on time versus the airlines. I, I don't know. Sketchy. What, you got a 75% chance? Kind of sketchy. And and staying with the flying theme, th- there are some benefits to this. I know you talked about some of the potential hazards or roadblocks, but a lot of people wonder, okay, I'm flying there, but how do I get to Disney? If you're staying on Disney property, the Magical Express is a bus system that is included in your stay if you're flying in, and it is there to drive you to Disney. They load your bags, they'll put them in your room that evening. You pretty much hop off that Magical Express, and if you've done the online check-in, you're good. you got your magic band on, you're wearing you know, what you want to wear to the park that day, hopefully you've packed a backpack of things you may need, and you rock and you know, rock and roll on to a... Uh, you're just relaxing at that point. Once you see that Magical Express, it's all right. I made it. But what I will say about this is that you, if you are going to take the Magical Express, just realize that you have to be checking into your Disney hotel that day. Good point. So you need to plan an early morning flight so you don't waste a whole day at the park. Now, now for, for folks that aren't staying on property, there's definitely other options to get you there. There's there's hotel shuttles. There's taxi, Uber. I would, I would do a taxi or I'd do an Uber over a taxi. I would do an Uber over renting a car. I would do an Uber over a private shuttle. All those are options. I, I don't know, Pete. I mean, I, where's your opinion on, or Matt too? I mean, where y'all? what's your opinion on getting to the airport from Disney? Taxis and Ubers are super expensive from the airport to the Disney World area. I mean, you're talking 50, 60, 70 bucks. So the, if you do a private shuttle, if you've got a large group of people, the private shuttle is going to be the cheapest option that you're going to have to pay for. If you If you are staying at a hotel that has a hotel shuttle, I mean, that's that's certainly going to be the cheapest option. You're not going to pay anything for that. But I don't know how common that is, how many how many hotels at Disney World have private or have hotel shuttles. Now, I will say renting a car is not going to be worth it regardless, because not only are you going to have to pay to rent a car, the car is just going to sit, you're not going to use it, and you're going to pay a parking fee at the resort most of the time. Even if you stay off property, these resorts are going to have parking costs. Disney also is going to have parking costs associated with it. So if you don't have a car, it's not worth it to rent one. It'll just cost you a whole lot more. I think moving on, we need to talk about well, where where do you stay? You've obviously got two options here. You can stay on Disney property or you can stay off Disney property. When we talk about Disney on the cheap, kind of the first place that everybody's mind jumps to is the value resort, the all-star. I'm, I'm going to tell you that depending on the size of the group that you're with, this may not be your best option. These hotel rooms are not very big. They say they sleep for adults. Well, that is true. They sleep for adults, assuming that you can squeeze four adults into two double beds. On the Men Do Disney trip, we did not stay at a value resort. We actually ended up staying at a moderate resort, which had queen beds. We were all a lot more comfortable for having those queen beds over the uh, over the double beds. Double beds are tough. I mean, they're tough. Even when I go on trips with my wife, like we do not do double beds, and we love each other a lot. 
so I, my argument is, look, if you're, if you're going with a family and you've got to get two rooms, you're going to be get, better off getting a family suite at a Disney resort than, than getting two all-star rooms. The other yeah. option that you've got, actually, I, I guess you've got two other options here. One is you could camp. I've never done this before. I don't ever really intend to do it, but Disney does have the campgrounds. You can go pitch a tent or you can bring your RV and, and you can camp. And it's significantly cheaper than staying at any hotel anywhere. Obviously, the disadvantage to this is that you are sleeping in a tent. Well, I mean, let, let's let's talk about one other way. Like, I mean, can you still take an RV to Disney? I'm pretty sure you can. So if you have an RV, you could drive to Disney. Yeah, there's a, there's a few options here. My wife's family has actually done some of the RV camping, and it does, it saves a significant amount of money. And and if you know they enjoy that, they they own their own you know they own an RV, enjoy kind of getting out on the road. Those are certainly. They're good options. I don't know that a tent would be the way I'd ever go. An RV I could do, you know, get in one of the cabins over there, even though those are pretty expensive. Uh, that'd be that'd be a route I could do. But, I, you know, again. I, mean, I didn't know about the tent. I thought I knew about a lot about Disney, but I know you could rent a tent and stay on Disney property. Well, no, you have to bring your own tent. They just they just uh, rent you the campsite. And I think it's like 35 or $45 a night. I mean, it's cheap. But that's really not bad. Don't tell my wife that because he'll be camping. I don't know if I want to. They have nice showers there. They've got a yeah, they have food and everything. I mean, it's it's a resort. No, it's that's a resort. all Pete knows. Just thirty five dollars. That's the cheapest way to go, everybody. But but I would never do it. I mean, I would not camp at Disney World. I don't care how cheap it is. Well, that's because Pete wakes up in a button up, everybody. True story. So the other option, and it's something that we've touched on a little bit, is. Disney Vacation Club points. You can rent Disney Vacation Club points from DVC members and and use them to get rooms at Disney resorts. And and they're actually at DVC properties. You're not going to save a ton of money doing this, but for the amount of money that you spend on it, you will get a nicer property and you will get a bigger space. Now, granted, again, this is going to depend on how far in advance you book your trip, when you book your trip, how many people you're going, where you want to stay, a lot of factors in here, but you can get a lot more space for about what you'd spend for a moderate resort. And and so you could comfortably fit five or six people in one of these DVC villas, whereas you may have to get two rooms at a, at a moderate resort. So that's an option. I don't know how much money it's really going to save you, but it is an option. So, so then we go to staying off property. There is a, a huge variety and there are a ton of hotels right outside of Disney World. They're at all different cost levels. I'm sure you could find hotels for for $100 a night or $80 a night or whatever, all the way up to super nice deluxe resorts. What I will say is that if you do look to stay off of Disney property, you really want to look at Disney Springs area hotels because you do get some benefits from staying at these hotels. Namely, you get an extra 30 days to book your fast pass. You also can take advantage of extra magic hours at the parks. And, and you're also a lot closer to the parks. You're not on Disney transportation, but you do have the ability to maybe take an Uber to Disney Springs and get on Disney transportation or walk to Disney Springs and get on Disney transportation. So you do have that option. I, th- I think that if you don't stay either at a Disney Springs hotel or on property, I think you lose a lot of a lot of benefit that Disney gives. Namely, you, you do lose the ability to book your fast passes early and you do lose the ability to uh, take advantage of extra magic hours. And these are both really important 
to kind of helping you maximize your Disney trip? Uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll speak to that a little bit. Uh, we, we've stayed in the Disney Springs area, and obviously uh, one thing they don't, they don't really tell you is you do pay for parking when you stay at those hotels right there. Uh, that's something we kind of learned the, the hard way, I guess. But, you know, th- that area does kind of have uh, buses that will go through the parks. The Uber is pretty inexpensive there. Uh, you could even walk or drive over to Disney Springs, park for free in the garage, and, and take a bus there to the parks. You still you're in the Disney bubble, but you're not, you know, right there. And and P, I, do they do they offer dining? They don't offer dining plan when you're staying at the Good Neighbor, do they? No, you do not get the di- the ability to buy the dining plan, and we'll we'll talk about that shortly. Uh, that, okay. that is something that you only can get if you are staying on Disney property. Yeah, and again, our our title is doing Disney on the cheap, right? So if if you are a Hilton or Marriott, you know those Diamond member, Gold member, whatever and you can get cheaper rooms or you have points you can spend, that's one quick way to save uh, a large sum of money. By all means, use your points. Uh, that's what we've done. That's I mean, what heck, we've done, yep. Every time the men do Disney trip, we stayed the, you know, the night before, and we stayed at a – we didn't stay quite that close to Disney Springs. Uh, and then on my most recent trip, we stayed at Disney Springs area the night before. And the last time I'm with Pete, we stayed off property. We stayed – it was like a Hilton Garden Inn, Pete. Yeah, we we did, and it was fine. You know, we we had to get up a little early to drive in. We had to pay for parking. We had to figure out what to do with my car keys after we lost them the first day. Now, did you guys stay? How many nights were you guys there? Yeah, we went to Disney for two days. We were there three nights. We did what you guys talked about, going to Orlando a day early, hanging out, and then we went to Disney the next day. And so you drove into the park both days, drove your own car, yes. and you just paid. So the first the first day we we drove into Hollywood Studios and walked back over to Epcot and got to Epcot before they opened. Yeah, that's because we had the villain night pass. So we we knew where we were going to end up. So that's where we parked the car. So that's another thing. Think about that stuff. Yeah. And parking's parking's expensive. Parking's not cheap. Parking at the Disney resorts, parking at the Disney parks, and and parking at these resorts off property. You're going to pay for parking. And so if you can avoid having a car, definitely avoid having a car. So moving on, tickets. Unfortunately... Not not a whole lot you can do here. Yeah, I, this is pretty pretty firm pricing. I I undercover tourists. I've heard uh, recently actually. I've heard of undercover tourists. Sometimes floats around some good deals, but I don't know. We've looked at you know the only way to start finding cheaper tickets is start staying more days. Yeah, I mean undercover tourists does have twenty, thirty, forty dollars off something like that off of multiple day tickets. I mean you're not going to save forty dollars off a one day ticket. I think off of a four day ticket it was like ten dollars a day or something like that. But but you're right. The more days that you buy, the cheaper per day that it gets. And I think the sweet spot is kind of four or five, five days. Four or five days, yeah. But you know what you could do, guys? You could stay off property and just go buy fast passes or ride switches from people on eBay. And then Pete will hunt you down and probably kill you. You still got to have a ticket though to use them. You know, this is this is one of those things, and I don't know if you're necessarily doing Disney on the cheap anymore when you get to that sweet spot. But if you can if you can bite that bullet to get there, you know you're adding an extra day ticket for twenty four, thirty six, sixteen dollars. I'm just depending on how long you've been there. It pays for itself by that point. You're right, though. Once you get into that four or five days, you're kind of pushing it. And you, you've got to think about it from a standpoint of, I'm not just adding $30 for a ticket, or I'm not just adding $40 for a ticket. 
I'm also adding food. I'm also adding another hotel night. You know, so there's a lot of extra costs that go into that. And the fact is you're getting something for $30 that was $110 to start with. And then also you think about it, guys, and you're going like, if you've ever gone, and I encourage all of our listeners to do this, just go to Disney, Disney.com and just go start messing around with dates, messing around with how long I want to stay and staying on Disney property. Once you get past that three or four days, the total doesn't go up that much. It might be $200 more for three people to stay at Disney for another day. Now, if you stayed for two days and you look at that difference, I mean, it's all, you know, economies of scale. No, you're right. And and that we had that experience on the Mendu Disney trip where we realized that for an extra $35 a person, we could stay an extra day. And we did. And it would have been stupid not to. But again, don't don't go out and buy partial tickets. Don't go buy use Disney authorized resellers. It's not going to be worth the heartache if your ticket doesn't work. I'll tell you a funny story on on talking about staying extra days. When I went on my last trip in December, I think initially we were five days. And I told Pete about the trip, and he started doing some research. And he said, man, you know, for six day, you, it's 13 bucks a person or something. And so, you know, we had the sixth day, and I'm down at Disney. I'm in Orlando. I'm, I'm, tell, I'm talking to Pete. Uh, wife and I are going to Disney Springs, going to have dinner. And he said, man, isn't it worth it just to add a seventh day? I mean, it's it's it's, it's thirteen dollars. <laughs> and I said, "Well, Pete, it'd only be for a half day." And he said, "Who cares? It's it's twenty six total dollars for you and your wife to go into the park." And we ended up not doing it, which is probably good because our feet were dead by the end of the trip anyway. But uh, that, that's kind of the the, the double edged sword Disney puts you in because you go into the park and you're going to spend a ton more money on food or merchandise, or you stay out of the park and you're like, "Oh, dang, missed an opportunity." Yeah, but at the same time, if you're driving. And you have the vacation time or you have the time off from work, 13 extra dollars, 26 extra dollars. Like you're that, not changing the gas, the fuel prices. Listen, that's what I was saying. But but happy wife, happy life. We were in Orlando. She she wanted to go to Disney Springs. I said, rock on. That's where we'll go. No, nothing wrong with that. So tickets are what they are. Unfortunately, we don't have some grand scheme or way to save you money unless you want to try to get a fake Florida ID and buy a Florida resident ticket. Don't Which we really don't rec- recommend. Yeah, don't really recommend that. But uh, don't tr- don't try to buy a Florida ticket and go in without a Florida driver's license because Disney does check. You're not going to get away with it. Oh, I'm sorry. I left my ID in the car. Go get it. No, they they will. What else we got? Dining plan. We did a whole episode on this. We did two whole episodes on the dining plan. To me, if you're if you're good at budgeting, okay. I guess we got to break this down a couple ways. First off, if you're trying to do Disney the absolute cheapest way, you're going to bring in food. You're going to buy, stop at a grocery store outside the park. You're going to bring in sandwiches. You're going to bring in stuff for dinner. Or you're going to eat in your hotel room. That's the absolute cheapest way to do it. And let me add, on the bringing in food piece, you can bring a cooler into Disney World. So making sandwiches, making, you know, to Pete's point, stopping at a grocery store, maybe grabbing some some subs or Something that'll that could hold well. If we're talking do it on the cheap, this is it. You're talking about like bringing in subs a foot long from Subway costs six dollars. Trying to get that much food at Disney is going to cost twenty five. Yeah, I mean if we're if we're really doing it on the cheap, pack a cooler, waters, Gatorades, no alcohol. Now who's going to carry they, that cooler though? By the way, who's carrying it? I mean, you could you could check it. You could get a locker for it. You know, you've got options. You don't have to carry it around the park all day. That's when everyone would know that. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't recommend that you carry the cooler around the park all day. 
but but that's the absolute cheapest way to do it is to bring food in. Disney doesn't care if you do this. As long as you're not bringing in alcohol, you can bring in all the food you want. Now, I've I've never done this before, but I see families doing it all the time. And and look, they're saving a ton of money over my $25 meal that I'm getting from a quick service location. So going going back to the dining plan, if you're trying to do Disney on the cheap, I don't I don't recommend the dining plan unless you're in a situation where you are terrible at budgeting. If if you can't plan on how much money you're going to spend in the park and and you need that, you know there's there's value in that. There's value in knowing that your meal is paid for. But look, this is an expensive option. Even if you get the quick service dining plan, you're still adding 60, 65, 70 dollars, what have you, a day to your cost. And and that's a that's a lot of money to add to your trip per person per day. If if you do not want to bring food in, if you're trying to do this and eat at the park, first off, the quick service meals, most of them two people can eat. I, I think that's really important to note is that everybody doesn't need to get their own their own meals. You know, you you think about Flame Tree Barbecue. Think about the ribs there. How many ribs do you get? It's expensive, but but if you break it down and you split it between two people, that's not that bad. Even the burgers, they give you a ton of fries. You eat half a burger. I mean, it's plenty of food for two people. So you're going to miss a lot of the kind of premier Disney dining experiences doing it on the cheap. No question about that. And you've got to be comfortable with that. You're doing Disney yeah, on the cheap. I mean, yeah. You, <laughs> you've got to be. You're you've going to Disney okay knowing that. that. Mm-hmm. You, you probably don't want to do Be Our Guest for dinner or Le Cellier for dinner. Probably going to be a little pricey for if you're trying to do Disney on the cheap. So I would stick to the quick service meals. I would stick to the meals that you can split between between two people. I would also look at snacks. There are a lot of good snack options that are pretty much meals unto themselves. So I'll tell you, if you're going to do Epcot, I wouldn't even touch quick service. I would I would go around to the countries, and those are, you know, we we call them snacks because we talk in dining plan lingo sometimes. They are snacks, but they're they're cheaper. You know that's just a, a, the way Disney categorizes it. So I think Epcot's a good example of a place that I would just kind of pay on the snacks. Hollywood Studios, you know, there's the ABC Commissary is a quick service place that has a lot of good options. Uh, Animal Kingdom, I will tell you, Satuli Canteen's quick service is not that expensive and it's really good in filling food. And then Magic Kingdom, I mean, you've you've got you know Casey's Corner, you've got Cosmic Rays, you've got Pecos Bills. I mean, you, you've got a few different options of quick service, which are all cheap there. And again, that's if you're not bringing the cooler sandwiches type type meal into the park. Or break it up, bring the cooler in for lunch. Great Go point. Go eat a quick service meal for dinner. You know. Yeah. The other thing I'll say is bring bring water bottles, bring a water bottle, get free water. Drinks are expensive. You know, when you're paying two, three, four bucks a drink. That gets really pricey really quick, especially if you've got three or four people that you're uh, that you're buying for. So so bring some kind of water bottle, something that you can fill up, and and not have to buy bottled water or bottled soda or whatever. You know, we we've done Disney on the cheap. I would say our Mendu Disney trip was kind of around that theme of how cheap can we do it. And then the trip I went on in December was still let's keep it cheap, but let, let's you know this is a vacation we can splurge a little bit. We still I brought waters in every time. I brought Cliff Bars in. I brought snacks in every single time in a book bag. And so I don't know that you ever should vary from that, but especially if you are trying to do it cheap, it's not worth paying that for the water. I mean, and, and a little Disney secret, you walk into a, a quick service restaurant, they have to give you a cup of water. It's free. The, a cup of ice water, 
Uh, it's absolutely free. They have to give it to you. Uh, you have, you'll have no issues. You go in and say, hey, I'm just stopping in. It's a little warm outside. I'd like a cup of ice water. And to be honest, like you don't want to drink sodas all day in Florida. You don't want to drink anything with high sugar all day in Florida. You're going to crash eventually. It's not going to be a good idea. And, yeah. and then the same token, I'd stay away from alcohol too because you're not going to find cheap alcohol at Disney World, unfortunately. Now, moving over uh, to another thing that gets a lot of people and I'll preface this by it has gotten each and every one of us uh, Disney souvenirs. They're not cheap. They're expensive. They're a moneymaker for Disney. They suck you in. I can't, even la- our last trip, I thought we didn't buy a lot of souvenirs until I got home and started like unpacking the car and seeing all the Disney bags. Yeah, and then one of the things here is the Magic Band. It makes it hard to track your purchasing. So just think about your souvenirs and how you're going to do this. If I'm making a quick Disney trip, I'm having fun. Maybe it's maybe it's a once a year Disney trip. I, I want to curtail my souvenirs because, you know, you can buy all those things for eBay way cheaper than you can at the park. So let's think about that. But, and, and do you really need a carved crystal Mickey? Like, I, look, I, I get it because I've been in the situation before, but I try to limit myself to buying one thing on my Disney trip. Something you for probably 20, set a 20, price limit too. Yeah, absolutely. Twenty, twenty-five, thirty dollars. I'm going to buy it, and that's all I'm going to buy. So th- this is a, a here, here's a couple. You know, we're we're trying to tell you how to do Disney on the cheap, give you some practices. One, yeah, the Magic Band is dangerous because you you just swipe it and go. So tell yourself this: for souvenirs, I have fifty dollars cash, or a hundred dollars cash, or twenty-five dollars cash. When this cash is gone, it's it's destined for souvenirs. Make your budget prior, and and when it's gone, it's gone. Because on my yeah, last you know, trip, right where your magic band is, just right on your hand, there's 100. Okay, I spent 20. Now I got 80. So you look before you swipe. Yeah, and and again, like I said, keep the magic band. You don't have to use the magic band. You can still pay with a credit card. You can pay with your cash for souvenirs. If that's one of your things that could be your Achilles heel on keeping it cheap, make sure you understand. Take the cash, hard cash. It, any any budgeting you'd ever read, it's harder to spend hard cash. You think about it more than when you swipe a piece of plastic or you scan a magic band. Uh, now I say all this and I also want to admit that I have one been the kid in there that's running up the souvenir bill. And I've been the adult in there that walks away with too much Disney merchandise. I think it's, I think it's so important to impress on your kids. Hey, look, we're going to Disney world. This is a really expensive vacation. We're going to give you the opportunity to buy one thing. Once you buy that thing, that's all you get. And and make it a big deal. Make it special. Make it something yeah. to pick out at the end of the trip or whatever. Because if you don't, you're going to have some upset kids. And and I, we've all heard the crying kids at Disney World before. And, and you don't want your kids to be that. No. And one of the things I will say is um, Thomas and Pete and myself, we're not very good at this. So we're trying to explain how to do it on the cheap. The last time Thomas and Pete both went to Disney, I got a souvenir. I didn't even go. So don't buy souvenirs for people that aren't there. And 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 to Pete's point, when he was referencing, you know, you're a family, maybe maybe you're a parent listening to this and you've got kids. I can talk to my personal experience. My parents would say, hey, this is the X amount of dollars you have for the trip. At that point, it was $50, which is a lot of, a lot of money to a kid. And, and Disney's more expensive now than it was then. But you kind of budgeted it and, and you understood that when it's gone, it's gone. Whatever you have to show for it. If you want to spend that fifty on one item or you want to spend, you know, buy five, ten dollar items or whatever, you know, that is a a good way to teach your kids how to budget and then also not kill mom and dad's wallet at the same time. Now, our last point 
may be the most important uh, because if you're doing Disney on the cheap, there's probably maybe a reason. Hey, I only have limited days. I I don't get to go very often, or maybe I get to go so often, but I'm only again here two days or three days, and and that's make the most of your time there. I realize Disney is not the vacation where you're sitting on a beach relaxing, getting a massage. I mean, Disney is more of a you know, be ready to walk and be ready to move. And so you hear Pete and Matt and I all talk about it. Rope drop to close. Get in the park early. Stay till close. Yeah. And, and, and this doesn't really have anything to do with saving money, I guess, other than... <laughs> they give the you, maximum value for your trip. Well, well, really, other than, hey, could you cut your four-day trip down to a three-day trip if you went to the park from open to close? Well, Pete, I think it does have to do with maybe not saving money, but maximizing the money you've spent. You know, you, you've said on the podcast... What are you spending per minute in Disney World? It's sickening. Don't even, don't add it up. Pete's done it. If you're in there every minute of the day, you're going to leave exhausted and, and realize, man, you know, that money I spent was worth it. Yep. I agree. It, it, it is definitely about maximizing the value that you get out of it. And, and again, if you can cut your four day trip down to three or your five day trip down to four, you're saving that much money. Do we have a, do we have a ballpark price? we'd be comfortable sharing, you know, for a cheap trip. I can, I'd so, say off property right now. Off season too. If you went off season, off property, I think you could get it down to 500 a person, not including dining plan. With with four, with four people in a room for probably three nights, yep. four days. Yep. Yeah. Four days, three nights. I think you get it down to 500 a person. Now the, on the Mendu Disney trip, we were at what? $600 a person roughly. Included a hard, uh, the hard ticketed event we bought. Including that. Plus, we were on property at a moderate resort. With dining plan. Plus, we had a quick service dining plan. Now, yep. that was two years ago. Ticket ticket prices, hotel prices, all that's gone up significantly since then. You, we couldn't do it anymore. I, I can say that with, with comments like I shared earlier tonight, I tried to look in like own season. Like I'm talking July. It looked about $1,600 for me and my wife to go. So that's what? $800. Like I did the dining plan because I'm not good with money. So I just said, hey, we'll do this. Yeah. I got the park hopper pass, which we haven't talked about tonight. We've talked about in past podcasts. So, I mean, if you want to do own Disney property, you want to go peak season, sixteen, seventeen hundred dollars $1,700, that's staying at an all-star resort. And my wife and I went and stayed at uh, Pop Century, and we spent $1,500 with the dining plan staying for staying for five days. So, yeah, I mean, it's, and that was, that was off season. Yes. I mean, the other thing you might catch like specials, you know, during like the peak season, they're trying to get you in the value resorts and you might catch a deal, but it ain't that much better than off season. I'll promise you that. And and we didn't talk about that a whole lot, but Disney does offer specials on their website, 15% off a room, 20% off a room, whatever the case may be. So I feel like we definitely all check that a couple times a month just to see. Yeah. Just definitely. to see. Definitely check that and take advantage of it if it's if it's out there. You know, and, and I'll tell you again, Pete and I try to throw together kind of a, a trip and, and he referenced our Mender Disney trip two years ago, but I wanna emphasize prices have gone up I and mean, we looked off property, no dining plan, again using hotel points, but kind of if we were to throw that and put an estimate on it, it was you know, five or that was five people in a room actually. That was five people in a room and it was five or six hundred bucks, no dining plan. Four mm-hmm. days, three nights. So it has gone up in price. And, and of course, if we would have pitched a tent and uh, just gone to the campsite, that, that would have saved some money. But 35, 35 a night. Yeah, it's it's, it's expensive. Uh, but, you know, cheap is a relative term when you talk with Disney, when you talk about Disney. So 
I think if, if any any listeners we have, for the most part, or uh, if you're listening to a Disney podcast, you, you go to Disney World or you have a, a love of Disney, uh, I'll tell you, if you don't want to even hassle with it, we got a great partner you can contact. I mean, Destination is a character travel agency. You tell them you want to do Disney on the cheap, they'll they'll do the best they can to get you Disney on the cheap. You tell them you want to do you know, fine dining and, and Disney with all the bells and whistles, they, they can do that for you too. Anything else? We got a secret? No. I, I was referring to the topic. Anything else on the topic? Matt's just ready for the secret. I'm ready for the secret. I look forward to the secret. Like That's the one thing I don't know each week. All right. Well, uh, then let's go ahead and roll right into it. Tom, what do we got uh, for the secret and trivia question this week? Yeah, we'll start with the secret and then hit last week's trivia, as always, and uh, then give you a new question that came from Pete, which is a tricky one. I'll warn you now. Again, starting with the secret of the night. As cast members... Um, they are taught to properly point by placing the index finger and middle finger together, a.k.a. it's also known as the Disney point. Uh, they've been taught that pointing with your index finger may be misconstrued as rude to some guests. You know, Walt Disney World, think about that. You have people coming from all different cultures and backgrounds, and it, it, it could be offensive, but there's little rumor that the real reason for this specified finger point lies within Walt Disney World. The story goes that the old photos used to show some Disney pointing to various attractions with a cigarette between his two fingers, but the company reportedly airbrushed a cigarette out of his fingers uh, in pictures when the company wanted to disassociate themselves from smoking. Now the picture just looked like Disney always pointed people in the right direction using two fingers. So that's kind of a, you would always hear that Disney points with two fingers because it's uh, accepted in all cultures, but there's some rumblings that they actually do that because in all the old pictures they were doing that with a cigarette in there. In between the that two fingers. is really funny. Well, I don't yeah. know what you're talking about. I always point with two fingers, don't y'all? No, I'm a, I'm a one no, finger. I'm a, I'm a one finger pointer. Uh, me and Disney have that in common. Now, going to the trivia question last week, it was kind of a softball. We'll remind you, it was what was the name of the land originally planned for Animal Kingdom that never came to be? Uh, as we know it today, it's Pandora, Pandora, the world of Avatar, excuse me. Uh, but it was originally supposed to be the Beastly Kingdom. This is something we could do an entire episode on because it's fascinating what was supposed to be in the park and what you can still see in the park if you're pretty observant. Uh, but again, the land originally planned for Animal Kingdom that never came to be is Beastly Kingdom. Uh, and if you look at, at Animal Kingdom's logo and sign, you will notice there is a dragon on the sign for, uh, to reference Beastly Kingdom that was to come in the future. Now, here's the trick question tonight. Think about it and listen to what I am asking. How many bathrooms are in Liberty Square? Uh, so think of Magic Kingdom, over where Haunted Mansion is, Hall of Presidents, Columbia Harbor House. How many bathrooms are located in Liberty Square? So this came from Pete, uh, you can, right? This did, and it's something, Not if you shocked. go back and you have time, you can listen to older podcasts, and, and you'll you'll hear me reference the, this fun fact about Disney. Anyway, you can tweet your answer at podcast, or you can email us at mendowdw at gmail.com. All right. Well, with that being said, we'll go ahead and close it out for the week. That's all we have for this week. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on the Twitter at Podcast. If you have any suggestions, questions, or comments, please tweet us or email us at mendowdw at gmail.com. If you enjoyed tonight's podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week. Look for us on the Twitter. <laughs> the Twitter. <laughs> We're on the line at the Twitter.com. <laughs>